Hello, and welcome to Objective Health. I am your host today, Erica, and joining me in the virtual studio is Doug, Elliot, Tiff, and on the wheels of steel, Damien. Hello. Hello. Welcome, all. Hello. How's everyone holding up today? Hanging in there. Yeah. Coming at you with more news. <laughs> <laughs> So today we are going to talk about uh, genetically modified animals. Uh, I feel like we're back in 2020 yet again, and we're covering a topic that we have covered in the past, uh, but it's coming around again when everyone's not paying attention. They're coming for your meat fast and furious. So uh, we decided today to talk about how the FDA, that would be the Food and Drug Administration, not the Federal Death Association, <laughs> approves First gene edited cows for beef. And the reason I say this is kind of a throwback to 2020 or even 2019 was um, the company that's responsible for this is called Recombinetics, as if that wasn't creepy or welly and speak enough of in itself. <laughs> they, uh, in 2019, managed to tweak cows to get them to not grow horns you know, and now they're working on gene edited cattle to make smoothie, silkier skin yeah. <laughs> for the cows. <laughs> um, in, in, so we got this article uh, from Children's Health Defense, which was originally published by Mercola, uh, Joseph Mercola, the uh, one of the 12, you know, disinformation guys, if you're listening to the mainstream news. But uh, they make a really good point here about talking about how the FDA has granted this first low-risk determination for gene-edited cattle. And the interesting thing about it is, guess what? The FDA didn't really look for safety <laughs> studies <laughs> when it came to this product. Shocker seems to be a theme. Didn't they and just review the data from the Recombinetics company? And right. Uh, company said that these cows are the same as naturally bred cows so yeah right they've just used some CRISPR 9 and a little bit of uh you know uh, bacteria and it's all good you know it's going to be ready to be put to market probably within two years if not sooner and it's kind of just paving the way for more crazy CRISPR genetically modified food. And as we know, after the last two years, medicine as well, right? So normalizing. And people. Would, yeah. That'll be next. <laughs> well, it's happening now. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. The weird thing, though, I mean, it's funny. Erica, because you said you felt like you went back to 2019. I kind of feel like we even went back to like 2010, because that's when they first came out with the Aqua Bounty or Aqu what was it called? Aqu Aqua, yeah, Aqua Vantage. Aqua yeah. Aqua Vantage Salmon, where they took uh, genes from a, a different kind of salmon and an eel of some kind, if I remember correctly, and combined them to make salmon that basically grows twice as fast. So there's less investment for them to put into the, the salmon because it grows twice as fast, so they don't need to feed it or house it for as long as uh, they did originally. And that's been on the market for a while now. Um, I don't know. I think, I think in Canada and the U.S., they actually sell it. Um, yes. 
So and yeah. they don't they don't have to put any labeling requirements nope. on it because as Tiff said they they consider it grass generally genuinely regarded as safe, mm -hmm. and it's kind of like the onus is on the public being the guinea pigs to later come back and show that there may be negative side effects. Does this sound familiar to yeah. you folks? Well, well, one of the trippy things about this is that they can breed cows that don't have horns just naturally, and they can breed these shiny haired cows. I guess they say they want these slick haired cows because the cows can withstand heat better, whatever. I guess winter never comes around in cow land, but <laughs> um, they don't need to genetically alter the slick haired cows either I mean, they can be bred through conventional means so yeah i don't think that this is just to make shiny haired cows and hornless cows i don't know call me paranoid but i think this is <laughs> another reason why they're doing this <laughs> well it's like we talk about a lot on the show it's more just really subtly uh, acquainting people with you know, the possibility of mutant future, right? Like if we, now everyone's taken the vaccine, which was CRISPR-9 technology in a sense, you know, genetic modification in medicine. And now, you know, let's revisit this idea. It's okay to eat these kinds of things. And so I think it's a very slick kind of PR campaign and really desensitizing people to the fact that you can have completely mutated food and that's okay. It's, it's fine. It's safe. I think it also has to do with uh, ownership, too. It's yeah. like, you know, if they've got the rights to the breed of cow because they've genetically modified it, then they own it. And right. it's a, a, another way for them to make money, but also just like, you know, getting rid of all that pesky natural food and feeding everybody only patented, patented food. Delicious exactly. patented food. It's just, it's such so a... Once they patent it, they have control over the whole food supply, basically. Yeah. And all the natural breeders are cast aside and all of the, I guess it all funnels into a couple of mega food companies or a couple of mega beef producers and they got you by the... Short hairs? The <laughs> it's such a... Well, and it's... <clears throat> Sorry, go ahead, Erica. Oh, I was just going to say it's it's setting a precedence for other things that they're interested in that they can't really come right out and say yet. And the reason I bring this up is uh, back in 2019, William Engdahl, who's written a lot about genetic modification in general, um, penned an article called Are Gene Edited Cows or Humans Worth the Risks Involved? And he talks about, you know, this hornless cows that they've been working on. But he also starts to go into some of the other things that are happening in like China, where they have a lot less regulation um, using gene editing technology um, to produce human monkey like chimeras, which is pretty creepy. You know what I mean? And um, also using. Uh, pig embryos and sheep embryos that contain human cells. So now we're starting to go into this whole kind of mad science area of like, well, what can we make with this? And how can we do this? And there's 
really no oversight happening. So what do you guys think about that? Yeah, they don't even have to register with the FDA. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, apparently the whole idea of CRISPR-9 doesn't take a lot of high-tech lab equipment and it's pretty cheap and easy to do. So if you have this public-private partnership where big corporations and private companies can work together, you can pretty much do anything in a lab. I mean, as we've seen over the last two years, there's uh, really zero accountability for um, what could possibly happen, what kind of mutations. I mean, we covered, gosh, was it in 2019 also, where they uh, the Chinese Dr. Li or Yi did the uh, genetically modified children oh, who yeah. have the resistant Dr. he he yeah <laughs> that's right and you wonder if those are just little tidbits that are in the news again I, I feel like i've said this 10 times that they're testing how people respond are they mm. you know really freaked out are they are they like well you know if it could save his life maybe it's a thing and but I think more concerning than everything is just really the lack of oversight that happens in these areas. And the fact that nobody knows what's going to happen once people start eating all this stuff. I mean, who knows what we're eating already, but yeah, I don't understand what all these, I guess there's just mad scientists out there who like to experiment on animals and humans and they just like to have freaky experiments. But my problem is like, why do you have to rope all of us into it? Why do you have to feed us the product of your experiments? Can't you just do some experiments and be happy with that and see what happens? Why do we have to eat it? Because it's about control. <laughs> I, think, I really think that it really does come down to control, like control of the entire yeah. food chain from top to bottom, everything from the when the gene was kind of inserted into the plant or the animal right until it gets onto your fork they want mm. to be in control and they can't yeah like i said they can't have people just eating like natural food that's outside of their sphere of influence so it's mm. like you you need to be within that sphere of influence and that means they need to own every molecule that you consume so yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, like, I, to be an experiment for fun, right? Like, oh, let's see if we can do this. Yeah, I'm sure maybe the scientists are like that. Hey, let's see what we can do. Let's make, you know, a 10-legged spider or something along those lines. <laughs> but um, I think when it comes down to the, the corporations that are, are funding these kinds of things, they have a very clear agenda on what it is that yeah. they're going for. Um, and it's not just like, hey, what, let's see what kind of neat stuff we can do. It's like, how can we assert control? How can we use this? to control the populace. Well, they yeah. have that project, project too, where they want to like barcode every single living thing on the planet, whether animal, insect, plant. Coffee bean. Yeah. I think that's the project Salus that we talked about in mm -hmm, the past. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I get the impression that some of these scientists, um, there, there's a certain level of satisfaction that comes with seeing your crazy uh, creation make its way into the the sphere of public like food consumption. You know, there's 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 one thing making in a lab, but then there's another thing actually having that mass produced. I mean, the real issue is is like they they don't really know what like how a gene even works. 
right? They, they don't even know like how DNA is transcribed. Like there's a basic idea of how it's done, but there's so many unknown things. I mean, like if you go onto PubMed and you look at the sheer amount of research that is published, like every single day on in the field of genetics, like there's stuff that like amazing new discoveries that they're coming out with on a weekly basis, things that people didn't know or unexpected things that were thought not to occur actually do happen. Right. So this CRISPR technology, apparently the FDA have previously come out and said that the CRISPR gene editing process results can result in unexpected alterations of the genome, including complex genomic rearrangements at or near target sites in 30 mammalian genome editing experiments. 34 mammalian gene editing experiments. Basically, in on their review of the evidence, they come out and say, right, so there was a bunch of stuff that happened that we didn't think would happen, and it changed the genome. Like either permanently or semi-permanently in ways that we didn't expect, right? So first of all, if you tinker with a gene that might prevent a cow from developing horns, that's not to say that that gene doesn't do something else as well when it's acted on in a certain way, you know, like genetic expression, there's lots of ways in which genes are expressed, right? You've got multiple different like complex events that occur whereby you have proteins which dock onto genes, you have acetylation, you have methylation, you have all of these different things going on at once. And to say that one gene is responsible for one thing or a part of a gene is responsible for one thing is very reductionistic. And uh, I mean, previously in these experiments, what they found was that some of these, you know, the fact that some of these animals were being born with like pathologically enlarged tongues or extra vertebrae when that's not what they wanted to actually achieve just shows that there could be so many like infinite possibilities of things that could potentially go wrong. I mean, they might potentially go right. It might actually confer some kind of a benefit. However, I think it's probably unlikely. So, you know, a cow is a cow and a cow functions pretty well as a cow (laughs) as it is, you know, you don't really want the cow to grow wings. Right, you want to be able to keep the cow where you see the cow, but also the cow's pretty well adapted to its environment. It eats grass. It has immunity against certain pathogens which live among in the dirt. It can digest grass pretty well. And then you go in there and you tinker with something, and you, I mean, some of the um, concerns are that what these gene editing um, tools might be doing is facilitating some kind of an immune defect against. A, a common pathogen. Maybe it means that some uh, an animal, uh, an organism can't make enough of a defensive protein against some kind of a pathogen. And you could produce like mass, like widespread death among that species if they all have this immune defect. That's the kind of thing that can happen when you mess with the genome. So it's it's kind of very reckless. It's extremely reckless. Or so it's intended. of uh, AIDS cows. Yeah. Yeah, but are we supposed to think that these scientists don't know? I mean, they do the research. They read other people's research. You would assume that they know that there are unintended consequences and that can affect other genes, not just the target gene. So obviously uh, they don't care. 
Well, they've known this since uh, Jeffrey Smith wrote genetic roulette in the 90s about just GMO crops in general. Like it's a dirty science and there's a lot of debris when they blast their little gene gun into the seed. That's just in to the seed that's going into the ground that's being eaten. And now we have like, obviously 20 years later, we have major, you know, issues with digestion, ulcerative carlitis and, you know, all these different issues. And people aren't looking to the fact that it could be that your food system has been being tinkered with now for 25 years. And those unintended consequences are popping up. I mean, in this article about the gene edited cows or humans worth the risk, they talk about how the FDA research showed that apart from a desired gene sequence being inserted into the genome, DNA originating from genetically engineered bacteria is used in the process, right? What's the genetically um, uh, engineered bacteria they found the unintended consequence of antibiotic resistance genes, which we know from too much antibiotics in the cultivation or raising of cows in general leads to that. So now you have a confounding factor that you're editing these genes that into these cows and these cows already have this issue. So it would look to me that the intended consequence is to just destroy people's health. If you want to eat meat, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. But if you don't want to eat those cows, there's always lab-created meat to turn to. Right. Oh, yeah. You're a real stickler <laughs> about what you real eat. Stickler. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just so funny too, like to to read about the um, the process that they went through to get this approved. Um, it just it's so familiar. Um, just looking back at all the stuff that happened with the the way that they would the FDA would accept uh genetically modified crops like just from that um children's health defense article it said well a lengthy approval process is typically necessary for gene edited animals to enter the food market the FDA streamlined the process for gene edited cattle allowing them to skirt the regular the regular approval process how many times have we seen that how many times have we seen that they're like you know well normally we're very careful mm-hmm. about this kind of thing but in this situation we decided that we will skirt the normal process because just because i mean in this situation they said it's because um because this gene already exists in other cows then we don't have to worry about it because they're basically the exact same what did they, what did they used to say erica something equivalence it was like there was yeah. something so, yeah substantial equivalence yeah yeah where they basically say it's, and again, it's basically just a cow, like you know, with, th- th- this is yeah. good enough. Um, we don't have to worry about this kind of thing. But um, that's you know completely ignoring everything we've just been talking about—the unintended consequences. So they've they've rushed the process because they're like, since this gene exists in this cow already, we, there's no difference here. This is just like basically his relative, and it's like no, because previously when you tried to mess around with the cow's horns, you ended up with bacteria genes in their DNA. Right. So it, this is, you know, you can't just, and you know, the other ironic thing is that with the, uh, the horn hornless cows, it was actually the FDA that found that there was a problem with that. And then in this, but this time around, they're kind of like, well, we assume you figured that out then. It's crazy. 
Well, and if you bring it up to, you know, you're considered anti-science, right? And it's yeah. like, well, I'm pretty sure science means that it's not settled. And if the FDA is coming out saying that there's con- some concerns just three years ago, all of a sudden they changed their, their stance. I mean, it's just more confirmation that at least in the U.S., all regulatory agencies are completely captured by big corporation, big ag, big pharma. And, and they're really pushing to outsource that to like the European Union, who's had a lot stricter stance on these types of things. And I know, Doug, you shared that uh, article about Greenpeace recently coming out because, you know, the European Union has been a real thorn in the side for uh, America's wanting to just genetically modify everything and export it to the rest of the world, right? Yeah, basically in this uh, Greenpeace article, EU Commission opening the door for new GMOs. And this is uh, about a year old. Um, I tried to find something more recent, um, but this is the, the the closest I could find. And it, you know, just to to kind of sum it up, they are they haven't done anything yet, but they're basically going to have a little chat about uh, whether or not they're going to because they they what they're basically saying is that the old school GMOs that um, uh, that have existed for years now, um, this there's these new techniques aren't really the same. So we need to reassess and maybe decide that we're okay with these new techniques, CRISPR-Cas9 being kind of probably the major one. But um, yeah, so essentially they're, and, it, and it's basically lobbyists, right, who are pushing to get the EU to accept these things um, because they're like, oh, oh, it's a different, completely different technology. Um, it's all good now. You guys should accept it. So that's what they're pushing for. Um, so really that article was just talking about that they are, um, considering it at this point. I don't know when they're, um, expected to actually make any kind of decision on that, but, um, yeah, they can guess what the decision is going to be. Well, they did resist, the EU did resist for quite a while. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, who, who knows? Um, it's a different world now, you know, yeah. it's like they accepted the gene edited vaccine. So maybe it's just kind of like, wow, well, we may as well. Yeah, why not? The floodgates are open now. I have an esoteric, slightly esoteric question. Mm. (laughs) Do you think that there are a bunch of human-eating aliens sitting around having a podcast talking about how their food (laughs) supply is being genetically altered? (laughs) (laughs) Good question. Possibly. Yeah, it's possible. Maybe in another universe. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that's not the only thing that they're tinkering with. I mean, I know we're getting uh, short on time, but again, like back in 2019, like all of a sudden now um, they're going to let a bunch of GMO mosquitoes be released in California and Florida. uh, 750 million. Lord have mercy. Yeah. Um, And that's, that's recent, right? That's like a, that, was an article also at Children's Health Defense from uh, March 8th. Billions yes. of GMO mosquitoes set to be released in California and Florida. Oh, okay. Not 750 million. Billions. Yeah, billions. Okay. 750 million, I think, was previous because um, they've done this twice. Or no, they, they did it once already and they are doing it again. Um, and the first time, I think it was the, the 750 million and this time it's the billions. Yeah, 
And of course, you know, they didn't ask the public about this, who are going to be exposed to these things. And there's all kinds of problems with this too. One being, I mean, the idea was that they were um, releasing these genetically modified mosquitoes that are sterile into the, um, into the wild so that they would mate with the like natural mosquitoes and then wouldn't have any children. So it would reduce the population of mosquitoes. Do I have that right? I think that's what they're doing. But then what they did found out is that actually it seems like despite the fact that we've genetically modified these mosquitoes to be sterile, they actually can become not sterile again. <laughs> I don't Whoops. know how that happens, but apparently it's like they turn off the gene and then the mosquitoes like, hold on. And they turn it back on again. Nature finds a way. They previously did this in Brazil, and what they found was there was actually a dip in the mosquito populations at first, but with over time, it actually went right back to its same levels that it was previously. So it was at best a temporary um, benefit. Yeah, and in Brazil, hey. didn't they uh, have cases where it seems like the new mosquitoes that came from this combination were actually like super mosquitoes yeah like meaner were resistant to the usual means of like chemical means of destroying them yeah they they termed it as hybrid vigor uh <laughs> in which a hybrid of the natural uh with gene edited uh like a genome created a, a more robust population of the pre-release population <laughs> Which is way more re resistant to insecticides. Uh, so, you know, insecticide resistant super mosquitoes. Oh my God. Well, they're right. doing it for our health. <laughs> but the thing is, where is it in California? There, were there any cases of Zika or dengue no. fever or no. yellow fever? No. no. The, the actual mosquito that they're going after is not even like the majority of the mosquito population. Oh, it's like 10% or was it less yeah, than 10%? Yeah, small, 4% or something like something that. Something like that. Yeah, and it's funny because the, the, the company Oxitec that is doing this, they apparently convinced Florida, what was it? There's a body in Florida, the Florida mosquito body. I can't Watch. remember what they're called. <laughs> Something like that. The and they mosquito watch. They convinced them to do it because there was um a, like a very minuscule outbreak of a, a mosquito borne illness. And I can't remember, was that Zika or it might have been Zika. Um Yeah, I think it I think it was it, it was that or or dengue or something like that, like some, some mosquito-borne mm -hmm. illness. And it was a very minor outbreak. It was like, you know, 26 people or something like that. And they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, we got to do this experiment to see if we can bring the, the population down. And they agreed, and it didn't work. And now they're turning around and doing it again. And again, it's even like, despite the fact that there aren't these cases of mosquito-borne diseases in Florida or California. So... Well, it reminds me, and I'm going to put on my tinfoil hat here because it reminds me of back in 2009, there was an article that we put on SOT called Watch Out for Flying Syringes, GMO Food Vaccines and Forced Vaccinations. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was written by Natural News, which, you know, can sometimes have some good information. But, you know, here we are now all these years later and these are the kinds of things we're talking about you know i mean a, a mosquito can be considered a flying syringe if you're 
genetically modifying the mosquito, who knows what kind of bacteria or whatever you could put in there. And you know what I mean? So it just seems like their plan is going according to schedule and it kind of goes and falls behind the scenes. People don't pay attention and then it reemerges again. And uh, we're just keeping an eye on those things. And the fact that the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation has a hand in it should immediately let us file it in the enough sale, enough said <laughs> uh, folder. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Brave new world, guys, eh? Yeah. This yes, is brave new world. Apparently the GMO era. Yeah. And just all of the DARPA, you know, gates, the the fact that all of these uh, programs are working in tandem kind of behind the scenes and are coming out as your savior. And we've actually just lived through one of the biggest experiments with this CRISPR-9 technology and the results aren't looking too good at all for people. You know, I mean, the, the proof is in the pudding at this point, right? We can actually see how these things can really turn upside down and cause major illness and even death, you know? So stay away from the, uh, the GMOs. Gosh, I feel like we've been saying this for seven, eight, <laughs> 10 years. <laughs> and I mean, the, you know, the labeling thing is even kind of, uh, questionable right like we never really got uh the labels that we had all wanted and so uh you know get back to the land grow your own food raise cattle i don't know join a family farm but at least you know you can do your part to kind of stay the course of traditional natural food as opposed to uh what they're going to be serving up in the future <laughs> you're not aware, made aware so uh yeah, so we'll continue to follow this, you know, see what what transpires next, what kind of weird, creepy stuff that they're going to try and fly under the radar. What kind but, of um, weird, creepy stuff they're going to make us eat. Yeah. <laughs> try to. Yeah. There's a whole lot of that coming down the pipe for sure. And they're just biting at the bit to get it out there, right? Let's just make sure the people are um, in enough of a stupor emotional trance and not thinking with all faculties to sl- slip in something nefarious in the, in the time being that, you know, they can. Because uh, I think people are becoming much more aware that mm, I don't know if we should trust all these things that are coming out for our health and benefit, right? So thank you to my co-hosts and uh, Damien behind the scenes for getting all those images up and uh, please like and share, tell your friends, family, and uh, stay away from those uh, mutated uh, animal products if you can. And um... (laughs) stay away from them skeeters. And the skeeters. (laughs) And um, we'll be back next week with another interesting show. Thank you all. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.